And now, beautiful people going fast on fire. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, Kino Club Edition. Welcome to True Fiction's Kino Club Edition. Kino Club is a group of friends who go see movies and then talk about them afterwards. This is a warts and all recording where we share the good, bad, and ugly. And there will be spoilers, so be warned. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 2023 Christopher Nolan blockbuster biopic, Oppenheimer. The film that chronicles the career of American theoretical physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer led the development of the first atomic bomb. This film is based on the 2005 biography, American Prometheus by Kay Bird and Martin Sherwin. But before we get started, Kino Club Roll Call, I'm Pat. I'm Norbert. I'm Marshall. So we all went to see this film. What are our first impressions? I am a huge fan of Christopher Nolan, and I wonder if it colors some of my perception of that. But this is the first movie that I feel like with him, while there was really good parts, I was a little disappointed overall about the storytelling. And as we go deeper into the discussion, I think I can elaborate more, but I just feel like he lingered on things that I thought were a little extraneous. And I'm not a fan of long movies typically, but to me, there was some really good parts in this movie and there was a good movie inside of this movie, but with all the other baggage, it was just kind of mixed pickles for me. I, I liked some of it. I didn't like the other parts of it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same mind. I will say first, of course, I too am a, a huge Nolan fan, but I'm not a fan of uh, biographical movies, usually. So that was something that, to be honest, I didn't even want to go see this movie. It just wasn't something that really interested me. And, and now I will say that I'm glad I have seen it. But I think that I, I agree a lot with what you said. They spent a lot of time with parts of it that I didn't care about. And there were parts that I felt they glossed over that they maybe should have talked a little more about. But we can get into that a little bit later. I think overall, I bought into the hype of this movie a little too much and that it oversold it for me. I had a lot of problems with this movie. I think overall for what it is as a movie avoiding the hype, it was just a okay movie. It had some good parts. I think uh, the best thing about it was the cast and the performances delivered by the cast, but I am not a Nolan fanboy, and uh, we can get more into that, but I just feel Christopher Nolan has a pattern of taking on these larger than life concepts and he doesn't always deliver like I think he should, or the hype leads people to believe. And I think this is one of those movies. One of my biggest problems was all the hype about this being an IMAX. And it was, I felt we watched it an IMAX so we could see three more feet of Killian Murphy's forehead. There wasn't really any shots in it that made me go, wow, I'm so glad I saw this in IMAX. Yes, exactly. I feel the same way. <laughs> a lot of this for me is I find the making of the film a little more interesting than actually the film itself. I felt like the film was pretty much a snooze fest until about midway. And it was after the bomb went off. And then we went through that part. 
Then I started getting a little more interested in the film. It became a little more exciting. There was more confrontation going on. I felt that it was a more important confrontation than some of the other stuff. Although I do think that it was interesting, all the stuff about communism and the time. I thought that was a very interesting point. I think as I watched it, I felt like sort of our introductions, you was talking about snooze fest. There was nothing really going on to move the thing along in a brisk pace. And I feel like you could have vastly pared that down and you would have helped the movie as opposed to hurt it because the lingering with Emily Blunt with the, the kids that cried all the time and just like the communist, you just didn't need the lingering of it. You could have hit that and got in and got out of it. And I think because to me, the movie didn't start moving at all until Oppenheimer met with Matt Damon's general character and they're trying to figure out how to do this. And then I started getting interested because to be honest, I could care less what was going on for the first, like I said, half an hour, whatever, 45 minutes. And it only started getting paced then. And then to me, after the bomb detonated, they had this whole drawn out Downey Jr. Strauss's character and Oppenheimer, how they was the political knife fighting. And to me, I'm like, that's interesting if I'm wanting to watch an A&E series on this guy, but I'm not wanting to watch this in a Nolan film. And what happened to me, it was like the interesting things like, oh, the Soviets, that one guy was a spy all along. That was almost a throwaway. There could have been real intrigue and interest around trying to find out what happened, the stakes of it. It just all felt kind of like, Eh, we don't really care about that. So we're just going to move on from that point. To me, that felt like that was something that you could create suspense with. Then just kind of let that go. And so for me, I was disappointed because the, the test of the bomb was super. I thought that was a really good part. I was really into it there. But, and then just kind of like, after that, there was, to me, the suspense kind of my interest in the movie started to decay rapidly. Wrap it up, 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 wrap You know, the meeting with Truman, that was interesting. I like Get Out, but no. So for me, as if you're making a summer blockbuster, this just felt overindulgent. I was very disappointed in that part of it because there was elements in this that I really liked. I think looking at it from like a storytelling and directorial view, I think this movie falls short in a lot of ways. I think the, probably the source material is kind of like what Norbert was saying there is this was probably an A&E documentary at the best. I think it's commendable that Christopher Nolan tried to take it on and kind of spice it up and make it interesting. And I think there were a lot of aspects that were interesting, but I think overall it fell short. Thinking back on it, there are some very boring moments and very stagnant moments. I think sometimes too, artistically, what directors will do is kind of spice it up with like B-roll shots, things to convey the interpretation of the feeling that's happening. And I think that happened in this, there were these sparking things that were supposed to be like the atom splitting. And then there were shots of the bomb going off, but it, 
overall for the length of the movie, I don't think it was enough to keep my interest. But I will say from an acting and character point of view, I think all the performances were amazing. It would be interesting to talk to an actor to see if, hey, is this what you look for? Is this something that you can really show your prowess by having something that the story is kind of subdued and you're almost treading water, but at the same time, you can really play with nuances and character development. And there were a lot of big names that were really awesome to see in this I loved Gary Oldman as Truman. I thought he knocked it out of the park. And I really think Killian Murphy did a great job as Oppenheimer. I just think the source material is just kind of not as interesting of a movie as what the hype or the advertising made it seem. I know what we were watching was a story about Robert Oppenheimer. That's what, I mean, that's the name of the movie. It, and so to me, it's tough because I know that's exactly what we got was a, a biographical movie about Oppenheimer, the guy that helped to create the first atomic bomb. But there's so much more to that story. To me, not showing anything about Nagasaki or Hiroshima until just seeing the map. And that's all you've seen. because. To me, that's the exclamation point on the whole thing. That's the one thing that they talked about it, but it was very antiseptic. It was very, this happened. And, you know, when they talked about it to Oppenheimer, he was, he would say things like repeating what he had read in the Bhagavad Gita, I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. And so it's okay. That's very poetic, but I don't feel like it it gave enough gravity to the situation. But once again, we were watching a movie about him. We weren't watching about the bomb or about other things. I agree with Marshall that the acting was amazing. I feel like it was compartmentalized in the movie. So I don't think it really flowed. It was just scenes put together, these great scenes put together with these great actors. And I think this movie was more of a technical feat than actually an emotional feat. And I think that that's one thing that Nolan excels at. And so just some of the things that happened in this movie that, that are the technical sides of it. This movie was filmed, like they said, in IMAX, 65 millimeter, IMAX 65 millimeter large format film. The first time in history, Kodak made a black and white film for IMAX just for this movie. Part of this movie was filmed with the rotary prism camera, the type of camera that had been used in the past to actually film nuclear explosions. And the camera can shoot 2,500 frames per second. That's really cool. We all know that Nolan doesn't like to do CGI and most of his stuff is practical effects. So he put a lot of that into making these bombs. So he did a lot of things technically, like, the black and white scenes, the color scenes basically were showing the view and perspective of Oppenheimer. So not everything there is in the color is really like what we would call factual. It was mostly Oppenheimer's perspective. But then the, the black and white was actually the perspective of Louis Strauss. So you got to see his point of view and what was on his mind. So that's really cool in the technical sense. But as far as the story went, 
it felt too cut and paste to me. I didn't feel like there was much excitement. And maybe there's not supposed to be in a biopic. I don't know. But uh, for me, that was a little disappointing. And seeing what Nolan has done before, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Batman, I just figured there'd be a little bit more oomph to it, especially talking about the atomic bomb. And Dunkirk is a historical piece. Sure. And I've been thinking about this for a while, is that the mistake was not having a story about the atomic bomb. It was to focus it through one person like it did. Because right. if his normal thing is to weave a couple of different things together, he only weaved a Strauss and Oppenheimer. And to me, you have Gary Oldham playing Truman. Why not weave the sort of stress that he's going to be under doing this? And his perspective, Casey Affleck was the guy, basically, he's the guy that's the bad guy in a way. The idea of letting this sort of technology outside of that sphere. I like the idea of you have this technology, but you got to do it fast. And there you can't compartmentalize. And the risk of that knowledge getting away from you increases because you're trying to do speed. You, you know, that, that sort of conflict, that is something really cool to, to play with. I just feel like this story became too personal in a way that there's other viewpoints that are very important that you could emotionalize and put suspense in. It got too confined to Oppenheimer. I think there's a good story because what we're playing with, there's ramifications for today from that event, but it just feels like it got so compressed into Oppenheimer and Strauss that it almost like it lost something in that compression. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's kind of disappointing that it's a three hour long movie and there really wasn't more of an insight. I guess the message was there, but there wasn't more of an insight onto the impact of the atomic bomb throughout history, where it, it was just a compressed story of Oppenheimer and Strauss in a lot of ways. Yeah, I wish he was a more of an interesting person. I'm not saying that he wasn't a genius. I think that when we look at history, I think that he's definitely a very important figure. Let's give a theater report. I want to say that Marshall and I went to an IMAX theater. It wasn't the huge IMAX theater, but it was a very large IMAX theater. I didn't know there was a different sizes of them, but I found that out. So we got tickets, and in this theater that I'm not used to going to, it was actually very clean, and you bought your ticket for a specific seat, and that is, to me, a little bit of a new experience, and it was fairly comfortable. So I'm not going to say too much bad about this theater, although I think where we were setting, I almost would have liked to have gone down in the, the very, very front seats, because I think that might have been a little more fun. But that's where I saw this at. And I want to say I had a fairly decent theater experience. I had a, a similar theater experience, obviously, since we went together. We did not see it in the true IMAX, which I guess there are only 30 in the world. And we were close to one. And we had tried 
very hard to get tickets to one of the true IMAXs to go see this. And I just have a complete feeling of relief that we didn't because <laughs> it, it would have been very difficult to get the tickets. And I think a little more expensive than what we paid. I think maybe from a technical standpoint, the IMAX for this movie is very interesting and cool, but I just don't see any need for this to be seen in IMAX. There weren't any real scenes that I went, boy, I'm glad I watched this in IMAX compared to just a regular theater. But we did go to an IMAX theater, not one of the true IMAX theaters. And I did enjoy it. I've been spoiled now going to another theater where they serve you food. You have these big comfy chairs. Although it was very nice and clean and was a great theater experience, I felt a little put out whenever I found out they didn't have the big comfy chairs and it felt a little crowded being right next to people. But other than that, it was a great theater experience. My theater experience was, first of all, I watched it the last day it was shown at our theater. So here in Jeffersonville, and it's an escape theater and it's clean. It's nice. The chairs are great. I didn't see it in the big, they have a, I think they call it extreme screen or something. That's the really big one. I didn't see it on that because I was having to get whatever available showing I could get. So now I don't feel like I missed anything. I thought the cinematography was great in this movie. I liked the sound. I thought the sound design was really good. Um, but it's not the high scene from the dark night. The explosion was cool. But I don't feel like I've, I got cheated. Let's just say that. And having gone, seen it in IMAX, I would say you didn't miss anything. Well, I think we've done pretty good wrapping this up. Let's go ahead and give our final thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and go first. I want to say this movie technically was amazing. I think that the way that it was shot, the scenery, the beautiful sound design of this movie was great. I think he did a great job technically. And also, I think the acting was top notch. Although I don't think the story for me was as good as I would have liked it to be. And I think the three hours was probably about an hour and a half, way too long for this film. But I will say this, the one thing I can say that I do appreciate from watching this film is I am more interested in finding out a little bit more deeper on Oppenheimer, not just Oppenheimer, but also the scientists that worked with him. That's a really amazing time in history. Niels Bohr and Max Planck had come up with the quantum theory along with Einstein. So... I find that very fascinating. I think that time in U.S. history, or actually world history, was amazing. So this just gave me a little insight and made me a little hungry for knowledge of the scientists of that time. And I would say that's probably the best thing I got out of the film. I wanted to love this movie. I was really excited for this movie. I think I just was oversold the hype. I know I've said it before. I just I don't see a reason that this had to be an IMAX for the viewer. Maybe from a technical aspect, it's really cool. Hearing Norbert talk about the high scene from The Dark Knight made me go, oh man, I would love to see The Dark Knight in IMAX. And it would have been a way better selection of movie with the sh just thinking off the top of my head, the shots that are in that movie would have been amazing to see in IMAX. This was mostly two to three people in a room talking and you had their faces. There were some 
neat shots. And I do think the cinematography was cool and maybe just technically cool. It didn't really speak to me as a piece of art. It felt very just kind of treading water and it was there. I think there were some cool parts that evoked emotion and were neat to watch. I think it was interesting to learn more about Oppenheimer and it definitely got me curious and learning more about this point in time of history. I don't think the, the plot of it and the way Christopher Nolan had put it together or pieced it together, it felt very disconjointed and just kind of out of sorts. And in some parts, I think if the plot line of it wasn't so simple, it was almost hard to follow in some points because of how it jumped around. I don't know what Einstein was like in person. I've read things, but I'm so sick of the typical Einstein is this man full of wisdom. I think there's a big difference between intelligence and wisdom. And he's put on as this character of wisdom throughout this movie. And I just don't buy it. I've seen it in so many other movies that it was just kind of, okay. <laughs> I did enjoy the Einstein character, but I think overall, I've just, I've seen that in movies so much. It's just, I'm kind of worn out by it. I could go on, <laughs> but I don't want to crap all over this movie. I really wanted to like it. I really wanted this to be something that I felt great about for Christopher Nolan. I want to get behind what he's doing. I think that for me, Christopher Nolan is a lot of hit and misses. I think there are some things that he's done tremendous at, and then other things he's fell extraordinarily short at. Unfortunately, this falls short, but not in all aspects of the film. And the good things that I liked were the acting, the characters. I thought it was cool when they introduced new characters. And I was like, oh, wow, I know that actor. And it felt like it was almost like star-studded with cameos. So overall, I don't think this movie, for me, has any rewatchability to it. I wouldn't want to sit through three hours of this. I don't completely hate this movie, but I'm weary to buy a ticket in a theater to go see the next Nolan project. That's harsh. <laughs> but fair. First of all, I think that the movie was too long. The construction of the storytelling was a disappointment to me. There was execution that was really done well in this movie. So there's good parts to it and there's bad parts. One of the things though, that I thought was really interesting was the idea of compartmentalization from a biographical sense. This is how things happen and how that conflict between doing something fast and then compartmentalizing in order to not let to control the information. I thought about when he was talking about it, the interview that I, I think all of us have listened to, and perhaps a lot of people, if you haven't listened to it, was the Bob Lazar story with Joe Rogan, where he talks about working at an area 51 and the whole compartmentalization and how they basically thwarted the scientist from really making inroads because they were so separated. And it almost makes me wonder if that's true, and maybe you believe it, maybe you don't, that they leaked the atomic 
secrets from this group that wasn't compartmentalized in a strict way that the military had control. And they said, we're never going to do that like that again, even if we can't make things as fast. So I find that that intrigue of that really interesting. I, I wish they would have pulled on that thread even harder. And like I said, there's a good story in there. And so I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it almost from the standpoint of it's almost if you want to understand a little bit more of our world and how government works, it's good to watch it. It's too bad that it's way too long and it wasn't more riveting, but there are some good things in this movie. So I don't want to completely take it apart, but I would say this is the movie I wish I would have watched on Netflix or something like that. So I could pause it and then come back to it and treat it like an A&E biography as opposed to a movie. I would say watch this movie, but watch it at your leisure at some point. Skip parts that you get bored with. Watch it at your own peril. No. (laughs) And I think the problem was that it, it wasn't terrible. It just was too long and it I didn't find it as interesting as I, I thought it probably should be. But hey, we've already taken it apart. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of True Fiction's Kino Club and the Books. Thank you for joining us for another round of movie madness and sharing your love for cinema. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you haven't already, take a minute to subscribe to the True Fiction Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Looking forward to seeing you back here next week for our new episode. Until then, keep your eyes and ears open for the truth in fiction. Goodbye. Later. Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too